Oh boy, folks, it is February. It feels like February. Sure. February in my heart and soul. The Valentine's Day type hearts. <clears throat> well, we're here on the low end of things, folks, and we want to talk to you about something, but first we have to dawdle a little shortly, of course, because these are shorts. And then say something about how I'm Ryan and he's Harland. <laughs> we're the Doddlers. And this is the Doddlers Philosophy Shorts. coming out of hibernation to do this one (laughs) from the cave from the cave it is uh indeed (laughs) well i guess i'll just quickly say that we're just you know worn out by life for the moment life the universe and everything including things that aren't potentially like the future yeah is the future not potentially that sounds good right now I don't need I don't need any future. I don't know. I would isn't the thing uh the future never happened or something like that. Well, we've talked about time travel unfortunately, and so this is sort of related in a way. And we've talked about determinism, which isn't like it in a way. Yes. But this is sort of like an epistemic perspective style I think that we might want to take as an approach. Because if we took those other two, time travel and de- determinism, then we wouldn't have much to talk about. Mm-hmm. But from the perspective of an individual who knows jack shit, um, the future, at least of all of the concepts one has available to them, is one that we tend to do quite a bit of worrying about uh, and thinking about, right? We put a lot of energy towards tomorrow and 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 you hear a lot of people be like, oh, you got to focus on the now and not the future and all that kind of stuff. Right. When I ask, what's your take on the future? I kind of am expecting you to be like, I hate it or something. Oh, like oh not, well, I, well, I mean, today I might. When one uh, one's mood can affect their reports on perspective about the future. But I don't know why you would expect that in general I would hate the future or talking about it. Uh, I, I don't know. I think, uh, oh, I guess the reason why I would think anyone might dislike the future is because the future might give people anxiety because there's a lot of uncertainty and because we have expectations and hopes and things like that. And if you've lived long enough, you know that sometimes expectations and hopes get dashed, and that's pretty disappointing. I don't know. I guess that's partly... Yeah. If we talk about it in those terms, I guess I would say that my general orientation is usually... Maybe if you start with the present as a sort of cursor mark or something, and then look to the right, as we Americans would typically speak, spatially metaphor it, that I would have maybe a gradient that goes up in emergency for a little bit, 
So it's yellow, then it's orange, then it's red, then it goes orange, yellow, or whatever, and then it goes to green and what it so that for me, the far flung future is rosy colored glasses, man. It is the greatest. I am living there, <laughs> I've got goals and plans, and the distant future is very exciting. But then as it comes closer to me, then the anxiety comes up. And then it's like, oh, my God, I've got to do that next week or whatever. Oh, or now or tomorrow or the next hour. By the end of the day, I have to get this done. So that as it gets to be the near future, that's where my anxiety is. But then as it actually happens, like, you know, I'm sort of like doing the task. I don't think I'm necessarily anxious about the next Five seconds, five minutes, ten minutes. Uh huh. Like once the spotlight has come on, and I've entered from stage left, and I'm doing my lines, then the anxiety's down again. But it's that ramp up to a peak in the, in the near future, and then it comes down again, and then the present is usually fine. Yeah, there's like a weird sweet spot or whatever of anxiety or whatever about the future. But, you know, like you said, five minutes from now, I don't have any anxiety really about that unless there's some real event like some kind of crazy risky operation or something that you have to undergo (laughs) in five minutes. But then, you know, your whole world has gotten small at that point. But like in general, just for tonight, you know, five minutes from now, I don't care about that. Tomorrow, I've got a bunch of things to do and I have anxiety about that. And so I'm just like, fuck it. Uh, I don't want to do anything. Mm Mm-hmm. But then, you know, 10 years from now, I don't know. That one's tough. Maybe like a few months from now when, you know, maybe there's some time off and, you know, you are not feeling the pressure to perform at a job or maybe if you can, you know, tag team your kids or whatever it is that, you know, maybe you're on vacation or something like that. Then, okay, that's kind of nice. But actually, I would think that it peaks again. Because, <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm, re- sure. I'm recently 40, and like there's this set, it's kind of bimodal. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, you got this near to you, but not five minutes from now, but, you know, mm-hmm. within, you know, a week bracket, more or less. Uh, you know, you're a student and it's finals coming up or whatever. And that's kind of got some anxiety. But then, yeah, maybe like 10, 20 years out, that becomes another, like, oh, shit, I'm dead by then. Or whatever. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just like, so there's that aspect, too. But I like this idea of, like, the, the peaks and valleys of emotion about the future. I would agree. I have that as well. Another sort of visualized metaphor. Like, I, we also have talked in the past about, do you think in words or pictures? And for me, it's usually words. But one place where I've had a pictorial thought process. Like you were saying, if we take an epistemic perspective picture about the future, thinking perspectively about time, an image that comes into my mind is like, take a an old-fashioned speaker on one of those Victrola record players that comes out and then it expands and kind of moves. And then as you go towards the center, it's this darker but narrower kind of hole down or whatever. Yep. I think of being an individual agent, being a perspective on the universe, is sort of like 
take a big three-dimensional cloth ribbon type thing and then put a ring on it and then slide the ring along and then it, so where the ring is oh. is the the narrowest the point where it all kind of funnels down right but then going out in both directions from it is a sort of record player horn shape huh expanding out yep does this make sense i see it and that's my image of a Heideggerian docine or whatever, a being in time, that you are this kind of funnel point in both directions, in the future and past. It's like a, you can tell different stories about the possibilities that appear to you to exist out there as either potentials or stories about how you got to where you are. So if you look backwards to five minutes ago, then... You have more confidence. Oh, yeah, I know what happened then, and I can report it relatively accurately. But then you go yeah. five years, 15 years, whatever. It just gets more and more broad. You're like, well, I think it was this, but there's a lot of variations on that story that would still also work to funnel down to where I am now. And uh -huh. then turn toward the future and start describing stories. Well, there's a, there's a smaller range of possibilities for five minutes out, then there is for 50 minutes out, five weeks, etc. The further you go, maybe, if determinism is wrong. <laughs> but, you know, from your perspective here on the ring on the ribbon, looking forward, it appears as though there's greater and greater expanding ring and realm of possibilities the further out you go from where you are. And, I don't know, that's just one of the few times I've had a pretty clear visual analogy of of something it makes me so, you know, it makes that's a thought yeah it makes me think of another way i i'm also picturing it is like if you had you know those napkin rings that people sometimes use in fancy situations i don't know if you know about those yeah okay yeah <laughs> imagine like if you had a like a, a ring that was relatively tight you could still kind of shove a napkin through there but that it kind of unfurled and got sloppy, especially further out towards the end of the napkin or whatever, going in both directions. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I also think you could, I mean, it, for me, I, it also works that way where the... Kind of like a, a bow tie pasta shape. Exactly, yes. Where it's scrunched up in the middle and then it kind of in waves goes out and then the yeah. ends are jagged. It, yeah, but it's it loses its you know, uh, structure or whatever it is that, you know, the tight binding that the ring performs kind of creates the now, you know, everything's really right together, you know, yep. and then further out in both directions. But the thing is, is about, for some reason, we don't think we can change the past, but we do think we can change the future. I don't know if that's whether or not that's correct in either direction, I don't know why it's exclusively towards the future that we, I think we, <laughs> tend to think the future is something that can be manipulated. But I, I wonder about the past as well. So, But I, we don't have to dive too deep into that. I could tell you why I think it, but... I do think that in general there is an inclination towards saying thinking that we have some kind of control over tomorrow than yesterday. This is another place where I think 
Daniel Dennett has a nice, concise meme that really stuck in my head. Because mm. he likes to talk, engage in the free will debates and whatnot. And in that context, he sometimes talks about the future. And then he says, all right, well, you radical libertarian-style free willists say you want to be able to change the future. From what to what? <laughs> right? The notion of change seems to have fixed states within it. In order for the future to reference something, it seems like it would have to be fixed, as we think the past is fixed. <laughs> but then if you think there's free will, then you think you can change the future. So then you're apparently... Well, I guess it's not fixed anymore, but you're moving it from this state to this other, from state A to B. And that that a way to bring about what some people see as an incoherence in that idea. That the past is fixed, but the future is open. Right. But you can change, does that mean you can change the future? And then what does change mean and all that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's many ways in which we might change the past. But it would be primarily, I think, uh, a sort of epistemic. I mean, I think what we're what people are saying when they want to change the future, I think they're meaning it in a most ontological way. But the changing the past, uh, I mean, you can uh, tell a different story about the past, which changes people's, you know, in the present moment, whatever. Uh, you know, let's say, could change your perspective on it. Maybe you were born growing up thinking General Custard was something you know one way or the other and then you know maybe some new information comes to light or whatever and we've now changed the story and so now within my lifetime this person has gone from i don't know good guy to bad guy or bad guy to good guy or whatever it is and so i think in that sense we might in the epistemic way change the past also i think about how you know in a like interpersonal way, like uh, things you may have done, like say, you know, it's the classic John Hughes movie style, like, you know, there's a bully or whatever. And if you went back, you know, or if you went to the, the high school reunion or whatever it is, and you really, you know, you said to the person you bullied or whatever, I'm really sorry. And you, you know, really professed your, angst and disappointment in yourself about the way you treated that person a long time ago, that might change the past for them in a way, because maybe now they see you and they see themselves in a different arrangement than they were prior to that. And so now the past starting to change. So I'm wondering if that's also something that people think some initial conditions that they have uh, at hand now, quote unquote now, they can then alter in some way, which will then change the trajectory of their lives or something like that. And we do that a lot in storytelling, right? I mean, so this is probably much of what we're talking about could probably be couched in that type of a way or framework or whatever. And especially the way, at least in using English, the way we talk. I don't know about other languages per se, but I would figure the standard reply to those considerations would be. You haven't changed the past. Mm. You have changed your present opinions or interpretation of the past. Yeah, yeah. But that that's something that happened in a now. Yeah, I, I, that would be this kind of standard status quo way to talk about that, right? I mean, yeah. I think when we talk about 
Yeah, I, 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 yes, I agree. However, I do think that, you know, using language more loosey goosey wise, people tend to think about it in those ways because we are sort of, you know, it's our dream or whatever, right? We only have our perspective and yeah, you've got information you can give me, but I can't sit in your shoes or whatever. I don't know. It's the whole ashtray consciousness thing. Like in many ways, I don't know if, I don't know. There's just a... It also depends on what the quote unquote the past means. The response I was just giving has to do with this idea, you know, kind of ontological past, that it's Mm -hmm. an objective catalog of events fixed as what they were, and that you can say true or untrue things about them. A position one could take about it is, the past doesn't exist. Be a presentist. Everything that exists is in the present. If that's true, then perhaps the noise, the word, the past, refers to something in the now, which is our opinions about or reports on what we think happened in the past where everything we say about it is false and wrong because none of that exists, only the present exists. So if we do presentism, then what I think you were describing literally would change the past because all that the past means is what any given population's contemporaneous accounting of the past contains. There you go. Yeah. No, I, we, Did that make some sense? That makes some sense. I like that. Yeah, that it, there's a lot of different angles on this little one. Because we tend, I think, to give some kind of credence to Einstein's loaf in a way. But the fourth dimension is just one big wobbly, fluxy thing that the past, it got hardened. It hardened, so it's like, you know, it's like you're bringing threads together, you know, into a rope. The past is the threads that have already been wrapped around each other they're not really moving uh maybe they can budge a tiny bit but they aren't going to move wholesale all around and then the future would be like all the separate strings that will form eventually a weave and at the present is this point where the weaving is happening and so Mm -hmm. you know everyone wants to think that you know somehow they can kind of move the strings in some particular way that will allow it to change the order in which it will, you know, the sequence or whatever in which it will be woven or whatever. And if it weaves one way, it's terrible and weaves another way, it's great or you know, whatever. And so here you are at the weaving point, but then, yeah, being a presentist, you could say, well, it's just a thing that's just happening. There, sure, maybe there are events, but there's no, like, spatial past, you know, like, but then if you're Darwin, or Darwin, Einstein, and the loaf idea, then there is a physical past, or you know, because it's the multiple mm-hmm. dimensions. So, I don't know. I think most people on a regular, everyday basis, when they think about the future, they pretty much go through that sweet spot thing that you're talking about, you know, where five minutes from now, not a big deal. Six months from now, not a big deal. But, you know, in two days, you know, God damn it. Ah, I hate to fly and I'm going to get on a plane. 
That, that, that about covers it, right? Done and done. <laughs> there you go, folks. The future. You're welcome. <laughs> Counted 